the number one selling product of its kind with over 20 years of research and innovation. Botox Cosmetic, Autobotulinum Toxin A, is a prescription medicine used to temporarily make moderate to severe frown lines, crow's feet, and forehead lines look better in adults. Effects of Botox Cosmetic may spread hours to weeks after injection, causing serious symptoms. Alert your doctor right away as difficulty swallowing, speaking, breathing, eye problems, or muscle weakness may be a sign of a life-threatening condition. Patients with these conditions before injection are at highest risk. Don't receive Botox Cosmetic if you have a skin infection. Side effects may include allergic reactions, injection site pain, headache, eyebrow and eyelid drooping, and eyelid swelling. Allergic reactions can include rash, welts, asthma symptoms, and dizziness. Tell your doctor about medical history, muscle or nerve conditions including ALS or Lou Gehrig's disease, myasthenia gravis, or Lambert-Eaton syndrome and medications, including botulinum toxins, as these may increase the risk of serious side effects. For full safety information, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. See for yourself at BotoxCosmetic.com. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step -step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. You want to know what the best email marketing service is for your small business? Well, I've got the team for you. Emailtooltester.com is the place to find reviews and tutorials of newsletter services like ActiveCampaign, MailChimp, GetResponse, and many more. Download their free comparison spreadsheet that will help you find the best email marketing service among many providers. Just Google Email Tool Tester Comparison Template to find it. Again, just Google it. Email Tool Tester Comparison Template to find it. You know, I've been talking about earned media value for quite some time on this podcast. My friends at Eisenberg have just raised the bar on earned media benchmarks with their social index. Social index now gives you globally earned media values across a growing list of six geographies for all your KPIs across the top seven social platforms, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, Snapchat, TikTok, Twitter, and YouTube. You can now visualize these values for deeper analysis and they have a look back window over two years of historical comparisons. Social Index is updated daily. Don't get stuck with old data. Over 1,000 companies have used the Social Index to understand the ROI of their social campaigns. And if you work with a social agency, you should demand they incorporate earned media values into your reports. Get your earned media value for social content. Visit earnedmediavalues.com slash Allen. Again, that's earnedmediavalues.com slash A-L-A-N. Hey, Marketing Today listeners, today's episode is going to be a little different. If you're a longtime listener of this show, you'll know that Drew Neiser, who's founder of Renegade Marketers and host of Renegade Marketers Unite's podcast, is no new voice. Drew and I have done episode 71 together, episode 285 together, where we talk about renegade marketing. We met years ago at a conference and have been friends ever since. We've swapped notes, shared stories, and heck, we've even done business together. We've interviewed each other on more than one occasion, but this time we thought we'd switch things up. If any of you listen to the credits at the end of my show, you'll know that Share Your Genius is my podcast partner. 
They're always helping me rethink how to make your experience better. And one of their suggestions was a podcast episode swap. So today, that's what we're doing. Drew has an amazing take on the top challenges facing CMOs and marketing professionals today, which is why I knew this episode would be super valuable for my audience to hear. What's even more exciting about this episode is that Drew interviews himself on the topic. You heard me right. So without further ado, here's Drew and Drew. Hey, it's Drew. You may know that I have a new book out called Renegade Marketing, 12 Steps to Building Unbeatable B2B Brands that is now available on Amazon in hardcover, paperback, ebook, or audio. Crammed with fun to read stories and hard-earned insights I've gleaned as both an interviewer and practitioner, I can't wait for you to check it out. In fact, for listeners of this show, I'd be happy to share an entire chapter for free. Just hit me up on LinkedIn and we'll give you chapter one, clear away the clutter or request a different chapter and our 12-step cheat sheet. Okay, let's get on with today's episode. Welcome to Renegade Marketers Unite, possibly the best weekly podcast for CMOs and everyone else looking for innovative ways to transform their brand, drive demand, and just plain cut through. Proving that B2B does not mean boring to business, here's your host and chief marketing renegade, Drew Neiser. Hello, Renegade Marketers. Welcome to Renegade Marketers Unite, the top-rated podcast for B2B CMOs and other marketing-obsessed individuals. Welcome to episode 290. Wait, what? Yep, we've recorded 290 of these babies and we don't plan to stop anytime soon. 10 more episodes to 300. And you know what that means. Time for another Drew on Drew episode where I interview, well, myself. So let's jump right in. This is me asking the questions and this is me answering them. Okay, so today you're going to get a peek inside of CMO huddles as we cover the top five issues facing B2B marketers right now. Okay, so Drew, what is the top issue facing CMOs right now? The number one issue is retention. Oh, that's interesting. Yep, I know. Money is being thrown at your people. And as one CMO said, money is winning. 50% to 100% raises for lateral moves. I mean, it's a crazy moment for all of these CMOs. Okay, so I got the problem. So what are they doing to combat this? Well, I've got a long list of answers for you because the CMOs are getting quite creative. First, they're really trying to level set their current staff. So they are doing across the board raises. And so if you hire a new, say, director level and you bring them in at thirty dollars to $50,000 more, um, you got to do something with your current team. Uh, otherwise, they'll find out and they're going to leave. I mean, giving everybody raises, that's certainly uh, one way to keep people, but there's got to be more, right? Yeah. So most of us have been living in a remote world for what, two years now. And what a lot of CMOs, particularly the, the ones that have built teams in the last two years, are really feeling those teams are not connected the way they should be. So 
they're doing face-to-face and they're bringing their teams in from no matter where they are, even if they're international and having them spend, you know, a strategic day or two together to bond, not just uh, with each other, but over the overall strategy. Okay. That's really interesting. So bringing people together, what else are they doing to try to keep uh, employees? So interesting thoughts. One, career mapping, where you sit down with every single employee on your team and you say, you're here, you want to get there. Here's how we're going to get there. Not only are we going to talk about a rotation plan, but we're going to talk about maybe you need an extra course to get certified in something. And there could be a mentor, mentee program, anything that sort of says, you're here, you want to get there, and we're going to help get you there. So it's a real sort of think of career mapping. Interesting. Now, with all these people leaving, I'm I'm wondering about this topic of boomerangs and and what an idea that I've brought up in these huddles quite a bit. Yeah, boomerangs sort of funny because years ago, if somebody left your company, said, "Yeah, tough, you're gone. We we really don't want you back." But now they're looking at it differently because what happens is if you go to a company specifically because you got a $50,000 raise for a lateral move, what's going to happen is the expectations of your performance are going to be unrealistic. You may have gone into a toxic environment and not realized it. So suddenly your old boss calls and says, hey, how's it going? And they say, I'm miserable. I hate it here. That's an opportunity because at that moment, your culture won. And so CMOs are taking advantage of this and allowing boomerangs to do just that and come back. What else in this area of retention? I know we've covered a lot of ground, but uh, there must be other things that they're doing. Absolutely right. And I thought this one was really interesting. So for the last two years, a lot of CMOs have been focused on customer acquisition using high quality virtual events like cooking classes with a famous chef or uh, wine tastings and so forth. Well, suddenly CMOs are looking at this and saying, why aren't we doing this with our employees who are remote? So one CMO mentioned a wine tasting via an organization called Purple Cork. Another CMO talked about having a virtual party around the personality assessment tool that Adobe provides. It's like your creator type. So that's another thing that you can do in the recruiting area. All right. I know we're going to get to another question, but I think there's more in this, right? Yeah, it's such a big problem. I think you got to just keep trying things. And and one thing that we we talked a little bit about in, in huddles was just doing employee surveys and making sure not just the marketing department, but the rest of the organization is involved. This is a must for any new CMO. They, I, you know, I believe that's the easiest quick win you can do is do an employee survey and ask them how they feel about the company. Are they proud of working at this company? And ask them for four words to describe the company. Oh, by the way, there is a whole employee survey in my book. Uh, and if you're listening to the show and you want a copy of that survey, I'm happy to provide it. Just hit me up on LinkedIn. So, what else is helping with retention? Really. You're trying to make your values and your culture even stickier than they are. Even if money's going to win, there are going to be some borderline people who might stay if they believe that the company, uh, they want to stay with a winner. So you've got to make sure that they're aware of the news. They've got to know what's going on. And if there's crises as well that could happen, you are letting them know your level of transparency is there. They don't feel like they're getting the mushroom treatment. Okay. One last idea for everybody in this area. Swag. We laugh about swag. 
Um, but uh, we got a lot of swag at CMO huddles and, and the CMOs love that. Think about your employees um, and creating not just the t-shirt or the hat, but other things. Um, and some one CMO mentioned using loop and tie, but have fun with that. Maybe you give them a choice with a store. One CMO mentioned that their swag store was actually making money. That's a lot of retention ideas. And it's such a big problem. That's, that's why we spend a lot of time with it. What is the second issue? Funny enough, it's recruiting after these folks leave or you're a fast growing company. I mean, there are many CMOs and CMO huddles that are growing so fast that they have 20, 30, 40 openings in their department that are new jobs, new roles because of the growth of the company. So recruiting is a is a big issue, but that's kind of a standard issue. And you know, is there really any new thinking in that area? Yeah, I think there is. So we talked a little bit about how employees get excited about news. For a recruiting standpoint, if you are a company that say just got a funding round, or you just have a new CMO, or you have news, new product, or you hit a milestone, while you might not get press coverage for that milestone, you may get some exposure that somebody uh, will see and a, a potential recruit will see. And so what CMOs are doing is putting a link to the careers page in every single announcement. I thought that was really, really smart. That's interesting. And that is a, is a little bit different than things that I've heard about. What else are, are they doing in recruiting? Well, obviously they're working with a wide range of recruiters a lot of CMOs are starting to think about this as an opportunity for diversity. They're looking farther and wide. At CMO Huddles, we have a, a partnership with the Black Marketers Association of America. That has helped a couple of companies. But this is the moment where marketers need to think beyond. And I heard this expression in a conversation in a huddle earlier this week, which was, we're hiring for talent, not for specific skills. That's so interesting. And I think that can be problematic, right? Because if you hiring someone and say that you want them in your marketing ops group and they've never used any of the software, doesn't that create problems? Yeah. You're really playing the long game when you do that because you are going to have to train those folks. And so the value isn't going to really appear sometimes for six months, for a year, but you get a chance because you know they're bright and you know they're eager and highly motivated. Um, you're just working with a better team. Yeah, I know. And I was a little bit torn on that one, um, actually, uh, in terms of hiring for talent, uh, not skills, because it is going to be problematic, particularly in certain areas. Anything else in the recruiting area? Yeah, this is going to come back to one of the other trends we'll talk about in a little bit, but brand matters in recruiting. And this is one of the arguments that I think every CMO should be taking advantage of right now, which is think about the lack of awareness and what that means to the number of people that visit your website and what it means to recruiting. The more aware people are of your brand, the easier of it is to recruit for it. I mean, it's just, if you have no awareness, there's no bragging rights at working at your company. So that's a little bit of a problem. You got anything else in this recruiting thing? Because I otherwise we're going to move on. We do. The personal network. This is the thing that I think CMOs are doing with great effect. So they've established their personal brands or working to establish their personal brands on the platform, say LinkedIn. And they're not talking about their business, but they're talking about their philosophy and their values and the things that are important to them. 
then, for example, they may get involved in their community doing something that's important to them that has nothing to do with the business. And they'll spot someone there that's just really involved. And they'll use that as a recruiting opportunity. Or they're just building this community on LinkedIn and someone says, hey, that was a really interesting thing. And then the CMO says, oh, you seem like an interesting person. Let's talk. CMOs are really getting creative and getting personally involved because think about the HR department. What do you mean the HR department? Think about the HR department. They are dying. I mean, they've been dealing with COVID. They've been dealing with remote. They've been dealing with mass um, resignations. And so anything, if you want to fill your department's jobs, think about it as a task for yourself. That's number two. What's number three in terms of uh, top challenges right now for B2B CMOs? Time management and energy management. Okay, what do you mean? So let me get specific. So because of the pandemic, we have more meetings. And because we have more meetings, CMOs are struggling with their schedules. And if you look at at their schedule, they are going back to back to back to back to back meetings all day long. And the result is they're exhausted. And number two, they don't actually get time to think about the things that they could do that really make a difference. Okay, so they're just in meetings. What are some of the ways that folks are fighting back on that? I think I did a post on that or a newsletter, but there's so many different ways. One, take your calendar. Your calendar is your friend. And you really have to be ruthless with what meetings you go to and what meetings you don't. And so, for example, let's say you every Friday, you say, I'm not going to have any meetings on Friday personally. And maybe I'll say to my whole team, no meeting Fridays. That's good. That's a good strategy for meetings. And there's probably more, right? Definitely more. I call this the great reclamation. We want every CMO that's really into this thing to think about how do they get five to 10 hours back a week to think, to strategize, to plan ahead, to make sure that they are going to hit some big goals. Not just did they get a thousand different micro campaigns off the ground, but did they hit some big strategic goals? And obviously this is really important to them at their company because they need to do it, but it's also important for their career and their psyche. Because if all you're doing is little things every day, it's going to grind you down. So how are they going to get this time back? It can't just be meetings. Well, meetings are part of it. Meetings are definitely a part of it. But the next thing, and this is something that I'm obsessing about really personally, is email. Wait, how are we going to get time back on email? Here's how we're going to get time back on email. First of all, you get copied on a million emails you don't need. So get uncopied. Really watch out for group emails. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. 
So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. If you want to understand how marketing is changing and how that will affect your brand, you need Future Proof, the podcast from Kantar that tells you how to find growth. Created in conjunction with Side Business School at Oxford University, the Future Proof podcast provides a unique perspective on what truly makes a difference. To understand what's winning in marketing, subscribe to Future Proof, a Kantar podcast now. Don't need to be on every one of those. Two, train your team on using headlines that define what action is required. So in other words, in the subject line, you can say, need your input, or just FYI, or don't bother, or no reply necessary, and put that in the headline. Okay, that's those are pretty good. What else can people do related to emails? Make your team write what they want in the first sentence. Why do I need to read this email? And make your team write three paragraph emails, forget the one pager or two pager. That's actually being lazy. It's easier to write a long one than a short one. You need to make them respect your time. So that means saying, I've got rules on email. I only read it three times a day. Wait, say that again. I only read emails three times a day. This is repeat after me. This is what you're going to do. And you're going to put 25 minute or 21 minute blocks on your calendar where you read emails. So you can't have meetings. That's it. You're not going to look at your phone all day long. And the reason you're not going to look at your phone all day long is you can't concentrate if you're looking at your phone all day long. It's a mistake. You cannot multitask. You are the CMO. We are going to conquer this together by managing our time and focusing on the big things. And most of the time, email is not the big thing. Okay. But what about the urgency? My CEO is going to whatever. Yeah. Your CEO is going to whatever. But Here's the thing. There is no contract unless you make it with anybody in the organization or outside the organization that says you're going to automatically reply to every single email in a certain period of time. It's not. So one of the things you can do, for example, I just, I did this and I was able to reduce um, my email pile by about 30% is I created rules. There are certain emails that I'm copied on. I, they automatically go to a folder automatically. If it has the word bill in it, for example, I have a folder called bills to pay. And I only do that on Fridays at two o'clock. It's on my calendar. There's a five minute window for that. So that invoice, it comes in or wherever, as long as there's bill in the headline or bill to pay, it goes into that folder. So that just saved me, right? A few, no, it's not that many, but think about all the rules that you can create. There's so many rules that involve not you having to look at it. And that's the thing we're trying to do is stop getting all the emails. I think I unsubscribe to a hundred newsletters um, as a result of this ep- episode because I never read them anyway. So why are they cluttering up my box? There's um, a lot to going on there with the email. So we've, we've talked about uh, meetings. We've talked about email. What other suggestions do you have in this time management and energy management world? We all have times of the day, this is the energy management part, where we're just simply more effective at thinking about stuff, about writing about stuff. Yet we use that time 
to do mundane tasks like email. We just fritter it away. If you want to write and you know you're good at writing then you, and, and you're going to write at a certain period of time, put that on the calendar. That is sacred. So maximize the time you do it. Number two, no more to-do lists, believe it or not. Get rid of the to-do list. Your calendar is your to-do list. And if it isn't on your calendar, it's not going to get done. So now you may have a lot of little tasks that you say, oh, I got to call the dry cleaners or I got to book a trip or I got to do that. By the way, you could probably get someone else to book the trip for you. And that gets us to another solution. What's that? I'm always amazed that uh, CMOs at startups in particular don't have virtual assistants. I got to tell you, I don't care if you have to pay for this out of your own pocket. It is so inexpensive to get a virtual assistant who can take care of so many mundane tasks. Get yourself a virtual assistant. Happy to recommend uh, a couple of services that provide them, but it will be a game changer. You should not be booking your own travel. You should not be booking your own meetings. There's so many tasks that you are giving up 10, 15% of your time. Remember, we're trying to reclaim five to 10 hours for thinking. So you're going to have to change your behavior. I know there was another one you were thinking about that I think just sort of went out the window in terms of energy management. Yes, you are right. That other thing that has sort of shocked me in all these time management books, including one by Franklin Covey, one that just came out uh, recently, Kevin Cruz's book, and then I'm, and Jenny Blake has a, has a new book on this. What they all talk about is taking breaks, building breaks into your calendar because you will be more effective. You don't even think about that, right? Take a break. A huddler mentioned, in fact, they take naps, just cat naps in the middle of the day. So energy management and time management, you're going to use your calendar more effectively. You're going to block off time for the strategic thinking. And probably the last thing in that area from a time management standpoint is not only are you going to learn to say no seven different ways, but you're going to teach your team how to do it too. Wow, that was a lot on that one. Okay, what is the big trend, the big challenge for CMOs? The number four. That is justifying brand spend. Wait, that doesn't sound like that should be that hard. Um, What do you mean? I think every B2B CMO knows, one, that they have to drive revenue somehow or another. They know that. And they also know that they have to impact the brand. They have to uh, increase awareness and they have to improve perceptions on the good side. And if they're negative perceptions, they have to sort of diminish those negative perceptions to grow the business, to increase market share. Okay. So what's the challenge here? The challenge is they can't use the word brand. (laughs) It's unbelievable. They cannot use the word brand. In fact, in huddles, we've talked about the fact that the word brand needs a new brand. It needs to be rebranded because it is such a dirty word. Okay, what do you mean? Brand to C-suite executives means fluff and colors and logos and design. Isn't that brand? No, that's just part of it. That's the physical manifestation of it. But when we talk about brand, we talk about sort of what does the brand stand for and how does it go to market and why should I care about you as a company or as an individual? And all of those things may or may not come, they could come through the colors and the design, but there's so much more. We know that we need to justify brand spend and that's a big issue, but if our goal is to drive revenue, what's the deal here? Why are we talking about justifying brand spend? 
so this is what happens. So every CMO goes into their new job and they know they have to drive demand and they're looking for quick wins. And all of that is really good and really smart. But they reach a point in time, for example, where they can't spend another single dollar cost effectively on uh, SEO or SEM because the Google algorithm is saying you, your cost per click is just not going to go down. Well, the miracle of brand spending is that when you spend on brand, your cost per click goes down. Because when your awareness goes up, people are more likely to click on your ad. And that's just one aspect of it. When your awareness goes up, your market share opportunities go up because more brands will consider you, more buyers will consider you and put you on their shortlist. We're talking B2B here, right? Nobody's buying a B2B brand in, in like 15 minutes of market research. There's a committee, there's 10 to 15 people, they're doing all sorts of homework. And in the process of doing all this homework, they're going to learn about these various brands and the reputations of these various brands. If people don't know who you are, you don't have as much of a chance as the bigger guys. It's just the way it is. So what's the solution here? How do we fix this issue? Okay. There's a couple of things. One, a lot of CMOs don't call it brand. <laughs> they call it corporate marketing, or they call it revenue marketing, or they you know, call it growth marketing. They, they have all sorts of euphemisms, so they don't have to use the word brand. And that's fine. That's part one of this thing. Part two of it is really to create a baseline so you know where you are in your market. Let's, let's just, on a very simple basis, if you're a big enterprise seller, there are probably 100 to 1,000 companies that can change within those 15 people. And you can find out what your awareness is and your baseline understanding and appreciation is. And in a huddle recently, one CMO talked about that, yeah, they spent $100,000 to level set both their overall awareness, what their market share was, and what were the key factors that would drive an increase in market share? They could actually start to link awareness and understanding of certain things. For example, they knew that if they improved their scores in this particular attribute and could sort of mitigate some of their lower attributes, the things that people thought negatively about them, then they could increase market share appropriately. Wait, so they have a model? Yeah, they have a model. They have a model that shows, and it's like 95% accurate, that shows that if we fix these things and we message against these things and we increase our awareness and understanding and appreciation, our market share will go up. Isn't that like the holy grail? Yep, it is. There are other services that do this in terms of companies that you can hire. Um, one CMO mentioned serious uh, decisions, and I, I know there's lots of other firms out there one way or another, you're a new CMO, you've got to baseline your awareness against your core target prospects. It is really important. You've got to figure out a way. And in my book, I also provide some very cost-effective ways of getting at this issue so that you can know. You know that awareness is inherently good or bad for your brand, and but you just got to have it. So you're not having these, I don't want to spend the money because... I don't know what it's going to do. No, you're going to spend the money because you know what you need to do. Okay, that's interesting. Are we ready for the fifth of challenge that CMOs are facing? I think we are. What is it? Fighting digital fatigue. Wait, I thought that was over. What are we, what are we talking about? Events died, it literally you know, went away in uh, April 2020. And um, yes, they're coming back. And I'll talk about that in a second. But between April 2020 
about 50% of budget is that were being spent on events went into digital marketing. And the result was a flood of, and I, I mean, a flood is an understatement, a deluge. I mean, historical, think Noah's Ark kind of flood of content and digital programs. So what happened? Well, this flood sort of, you know, as the ship was rising, it didn't raise the ships for everybody. It just diluted the effectiveness of all of these uh, digital marketing programs. And, you know, I talked earlier about the time management issue. You know, we're burned out from Zoom meetings, but so are your customers, so are your prospects. So this fatigue that a lot of CMOs are seeing is happening in response rates to digital ads, in response rates to webinars, in attendance to webinars. People may sign up, but then they don't show. It's just harder and harder to get digital engagement. Okay, that's really interesting. So what's the solution to fighting digital fatigue? A couple things. One is you just have to raise the bar on everything that you're doing. Is the content you're doing truly exceptional and worth the time? And just think about this way. I'm going to share it with my best customer. Would my best customer get value out of this content? If it doesn't hit that target, if it doesn't hit that litmus test, it probably wasn't worth doing. You can do better, less. That's a really interesting and important part of the overcoming digital fatigue. Is there more? You betcha. There is more. The next big area is, yay, going back to physical events. Wait, what about mass mandates and vaccines and all that stuff? The pent-up demand for physical events is incredible. We found this with huddles too. People want to get together. They want to see each other face-to-face. People are asking for vaccines, uh, and many uh, marketers have vaccine requirements. Fine, but they're out there. They're getting out there. And I meant to mention this earlier, and I, I simply forgot. Part of the retention solution is bringing your teams together physically, just literally bring them together because they haven't met. And so we're bringing our teams together. We're bringing our customers together. We're bringing our prospects together, and we're doing it via physical events. And it's just so darn exciting. It's amazing. And yes, COVID is on the rise again, but I don't think you're going to see necessarily a complete cancellation of all physical events too soon. Okay. Is there anything else that marketers are doing to fight digital fatigue? Yes. They're looking at other forms of advertising. (laughs) They're doing outdoor, they're doing radio, they're doing podcasts. Clavio is on, I uh, just heard them the other day. It's a B2B brand and there they are on the, the daily. I interviewed Dave Kerner and he talked about physical events and, and outdoor and Coupa's doing sponsorships of Major League Baseball and the New York Yankees. So they're just looking beyond digital. Um, and that also speaks to the earlier point of building brand, building awareness and going back to some things that we would have thought, oh no, those have died. All right. So five issues and like at least 25 solutions. That feels like a pretty good episode. Thank you, Drew, for your insights straight from CMO Huddles. It's my pleasure. I love being on your show. So there you have it. All right. Hey, uh, do me a favor if you're still listening at this point. Just give us a five-star review. That would be so nice. And hit me up on LinkedIn. Always love to hear your comments. And remember, if you have a question, you'd like me to answer on this show, send an email to me, drew at renegade.com or leave it on my LinkedIn.
Renegade Marketers Unite is written and directed by Drew Neiser. Hey, that's me. Audio production is Sam Beck. Show notes are written by Melissa Caffrey. The music is by the amazing Burns Twins. And the intro voiceover is Linda Cornelius. To find the transcripts of all episodes, suggest future guests, or learn more about my new book and the savviest B2B marketing boutique in New York City, visit renegade.com. I'm your host, Drew Neiser. And until next time, keep those renegade thinking caps on and strong. If you want to understand how marketing is changing and how that will affect your brand, you need Future Proof, the podcast from Kantar that tells you how to find growth. Created in conjunction with Side Business School at Oxford University, the Future Proof podcast provides a unique perspective on what truly makes a difference. To understand what's winning in marketing, subscribe to Future Proof, a Kantar podcast now.